The son of Neptune, chapter 41, Hazel. Your bow, Hazel shouted. Frank didn't ask questions. He dropped his pack and slipped the bow off his shoulder. Hazel's heartbreak. Hi, I'm Ava. I'm Neve. And I'm Brayden. And this is Return to Camp Half-Blood, the English class that you always wanted. Where we analyze the Percy Jackson and Heroes of Olympus books through a new theme every week. Okay, this week, it's a loaded question. Ava, Neve, how are we doing this week? Um, I feel like Ava has to go first. Yeah, I was about to say, take it away, Ava. <laughs> All right. So, sorry, I was eating garlic bread. <clears throat> um, so, I... It's been two years almost, right, of this of this pandemic wiping the nation, and it finally caught me slipping. Um, I don't know how, <laughs> but it just magically did, and um, it just feels like a mild cold. But yeah, I have it, and um, I tested positive. Oh God. <sighs> Thursday and today is Saturday um but I have definitely had it for longer because I fully thought it was cold because like I I knew people who had actual colds so I was like okay I just got it from them whatever um but no I I tested like on a whim because someone we knew um was positive and turns out same (laughs) um so I'm two miles away from school um across from an amusement park that's fun I look out the window and I see roller coasters um and I yeah I mean I've been here since Thursday afternoon it is Saturday and it is really weird (laughs) and I'm hoping I can get out tomorrow because tomorrow's the first day I can test um and if not hoping to get out the next day uh, but, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely an experience. <laughs> so insane. Yeah. So I don't even think like I'm fine. <laughs> I'm vibing. Um, me and Brayden have been like, you know, distancing ourselves as obviously we have been in very close contact with Ava for a while. <laughs> um, but you know, it's all well so far. I literally was thinking the other night, and I think I said this in the apartment, like, I was thinking the other night, like, if Ava had just, like, tested on Saturday, like, if all of this had shifted, like, back to today, you probably wouldn't have tested positive because you've had that cold for so long. I, I was like, it's just the most unfortunate circumstance of, like, when you had to test. Like, I feel like that was the tail end. It was. It, your, so like, sad. symptoms were just so mild that it, like, yeah. was so surprising that it was anything, and uh-huh. it would not have gotten caught if we didn't have a, another hard. friend who also had mild symptoms and took it upon themselves to test. I um, I know. And there were so many reasons for it to be a cold. Like, one of our other roommates has a cold or, like, had allergies or something, and I was like, okay, I just got it from her. Um, a building that we have classes in has no heat. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, got sick from that. We also had a fire drill um, at 7.20 in the morning last weekend. And um, it was 12 degrees. And we had to stand out there for like 15 minutes. And I was fully in just like shorts and a sweatshirt. That was it. And I was like, okay, like I, I guess I got a cold. From- I don't know. There were just so many reasons. Like, why I could have gotten one. 
I genuinely do think I've mapped it out in my brain and I do think that I got it not yes oh my god not yesterday but last Friday um so we also think oh yeah we will not get into names and details but we also think we will not do that but um (laughs) someone has a death wish (laughs) um but anyway um yes so like it's been over a week of me technically having it in my system like I should be done you know, like tomorrow, like yeah. hopefully tomorrow. Well, Although we do have another friend who is also in quarantine, who has been there since last Friday and still tested positive again today. I know. I feel so bad for him. He, um, he's actually he went into he's, quarantine. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. He's a few rooms down the hall from me. <laughs> and sometimes when he gets his door dashes delivered, he texts me. So we both open our doors at the same time and wave to each other. It's our only human interaction. And it's <laughs> wonderful. Um, he, but, he unfortunately went into quarantine, like, right when his symptoms started, though. Yeah. So I think it's, like, kind of a situ- different situation because he, oh, like, yeah. he got exposed one day. The next day he started showing symptoms, he went into quarantine. It's like, it was definitely a, like... I was on the phone with um, the health center the whirlwind day that I moved into this freaking hotel. Um, Literally crazy. I talked on the phone that day more than I think I ever have um, in one day in my life. And um, she was like, wow, like, you're kind of lucky. Like, I mean, like, that's, it's really not bad that if you're technically like day one of symptoms was like Sunday or Monday, like you are you know, you're not going to be in here as long as other people have. And I'm like, yeah, it's true, but it's still, it's been too long. I literally was sitting here last night and I was like, I hate this. Like it's, first of all, I'm an extrovert. Like I'm an only child. So I need some alone time because I'm kind of used to it, but it's like, I am an extrovert. Like I'm dying here in that way. And also the fact that I'm literally two miles away from school two miles and I look out the window and I see the road that like I'll drive back from like Duncan at a grocery store on and I'm like ah like I'm so close but I'm so far away it's also been so nice outside and I can't open my window (laughs) Uh, it's it's a little funny I'm not even gonna lie to you have you um have you been at least like catching up on like watching things or anything (laughs) I've been trying to, is the thing. So, like, I just don't have an attention span. But I've watched Encanto twice. Um, I tried to watch Frankenweenie, um, but... (laughs) (laughs) She goes, I'm going to watch Frankenweenie and see if I cry, because... Surprise listeners, I, me and one of our close friends cried at Frank and Mimi. Yeah, and, she and like, I learned that. It's depressing. And I was like, yeah, girl, I cried. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, okay, so it's called Frank and Weenie. You'd think it would be pretty silly. And I learned this tidbit of information like a little while ago that Neve and one of our other friends cried watching Frank and Weenie, and I thought that was hilarious. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to watch Frank and Weenie, see if I cry. I literally got like, 35 minutes in, I was like, oh, I don't like this. Like, it was so depressing and, like, disconcerting. And, like, I didn't cry. Like, I don't know what part of the movie that you guys cried at, but, like, I didn't cry. I just, like, hated it. And so I stopped. Fair enough. Yeah. Just getting that message of, like, dude, this movie's depressing. I'm like, yeah, girl, I know. 
yeah yeah my um i so i live with ava and a couple other people and so we have been kind of we've been trying to figure out how to entertain ourselves so we've been watching the hunger games movies um so we we finished catching fire last we've also been i've also been like making dinner for us because we can't go to the dining hall or we could it's just so much to walk there and like everything and just get to go <laughs> yeah so we like we had like burger night the other night and then we had uh italian night last night i'm gonna make pad thai tonight but so we've been making dinner and watching the hunger games movies um forgot how good they were they're so good i'll never forget how good they were oh they're so good anyways welcome back to return to camp half-blood yeah yeah this this week we will be discussing the son of neptune chapters 41 through 44 through the theme of hope oh oh I, it's my turn to do a summary. Slay. <laughs> Who wants to time me? Oh, I have... Oh, you're oh, good. No, go ahead, Ava. You go. <laughs> okay. Um, and it's 45? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I literally should know this. Okay, cool. Three, two, one, go. Okay, Bog, drown, Hazel, take him out of Bog, not drown anymore. Warehouse, little uh, pictures of the past. Sammy looks like someone, Percy knows. Greeting cards, great metaphor. Um, They're very dirty. There's some griffins, and then they fly. Iceberg, big piece of ice. Uh, Thanatos, he's sexy. Uh, And then there's uh, little ghost boys and they have uh metal <laughs> oh wow that descended so fast and um to, in order to free thanatos uh frank has to use his burning stick um and then and uh, uh asclepius and salada's uh ab- ab- abnegation whoever the guy abnegation <laughs> why was that like okay time to just not use any connector words we're just throwing out concepts in sentence fragments it was great you know i feel like that's my strategy for summaries because like you waste time by creating full sentences i covered all all the major points i think right yeah yeah you really did so don't judge my technique Those Yeah. What uh, musical selections have we uh, curated for this week? Y'all can go. Uh, I'll go. Mine is, I was like, uh, something a little foreboding, but like a little like sexy. I don't know. Uh, I chose Tango in the Night by, by Fleetwood Mac. Ooh, yes. It kind of has that, like, ooh, they're on their way to do something uh, evil, but fight something evil. It's supposed to be scary. 
but it's a little like, ooh, what's going to happen? Yeah, I kind of, mine was in a similar vein because, like, my thing was, like, I had trouble juggling, like, what I thought of these chapters because the theme was hope, but I was like, these are all kind of very ominous. Um, So I stuck with that, and I ended up choosing Hungry Like the Wolf by Duran Duran just because I like Duran Duran. Mine is based on the, like, fight scene. Like, this would be a good soundtrack to a fight scene moment. Um, And it's just... I haven't really liked this album, T, but this song I've really been liking. So um, it's the song Distorted Life Beam off Bastille's new album. Oh. It's a good album. I just expect a lot more from Bastille. And I like this song, and it was a good fight song. And um, it talks a lot about, like, like, going somewhere else when you're dreaming, which happens to Hazel a lot. So I was like, this can connect to some Hazel chapters. Um, and there's a fight. So, yeah. But the album as a whole, not not my favorite. Really? that's so, I, I haven't had the chance to listen to it yet. So mm-hmm. that's disappointing. I'm a big Bastille fan, too. Like, I really yeah. like it. It's, it's pretty good. Like, it's de- like, the music in it is really good. But the lyrical themes, it's clear that they had, like, a concept that they really did well in this song of Distorted Light Beam. And then they said, let's let's hit repeat. And, like, just said the same shit, kind of talking about, like, escapism and, like, trying, like, during the pandemic, trying to, like, escape from reality. Um, and then they did that, like, like 12 times. <laughs> it's like, we had to explore this a little more. Like, we can't just, like use the same themes over and over again and that's what kind of pissed me off about it but otherwise it was a good album and it has a lot of bops that like if you just don't listen to the lyrics that closely um the actual music is like really good so. okay then i'll like it because <laughs> no just like i'm not a super lyrical like or like no, I, actually, I mean i like hyper pop clearly i can't like lyrics that much <laughs> the way that i was talking about to my sister this is a tangent but like when have we not gone off on tangents on this podcast from um, I was talking to my sister about this, actually. Like, that there are two very distinct types of, like, music listeners, and there are people who listen to music for the lyrics and are drawn to songs because of the lyrics, and people who listen to music for just the overall sound. And you can be, like, a little bit of both, but, like, I definitely, if a song... If an album has too many, like, repeats of lyrical themes like that, or, like, that's why I think that I can listen to songs, like, like... Uh, Dodie Clark, who I know is, like, not everyone's favorite because she has, like, very, like, simple music. Like, I love because of the lyrical themes, but, like, there are people who don't... Like, I was... Oh, I was talking to my sister about it because when I was home and playing music in the car, she was like, can you play something that I don't have to think about too much? (laughs) Like, I think it's just, like, how people like to experience music of, like, if they like to think about it or not. Um, Yeah. I find that so interesting. Sorry. Yeah. I, f- I feel like I'm mostly a, 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 like, musical, like, overall, like, vibe of music person. But I also, like, my favorite band is a very, like, wordy band. And, like, I really like their lyrics. But, like, I also like dance pop and hyper pop. And, like, that is not lyric focused. But then I also like indie pop, which is more lyric focused. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I have, like, 
I have like a few different moods. Like sometimes I just want to listen to Jantasy from RuPaul's Drag Race. Exactly. Right. But it's like sometimes I want to listen to Dodie Clark. You know, but like in general, I think my music vibe is more like where they exactly meet. Like they don't really necessarily have to excel in either. It's just like, do they meet at a place that scratches the brain itch? Like I'm a big Flea Foxes girl. Like, are they technically the most technically proficient artists in terms of how they sound? And like, do they match pitch all the time? Not technically, no. But like, I love the production mixed with the lyrics and the themes, and like how they bring in like themes from like literature, Ugh. just like stuff like that. Like, I don't know. Like, if you mix production with cool themes, like I will be stimulated enough in my brain. So, I honestly, if your song has one good line, or even like just, I love a song that just has an interval that I really like, like. Thanks for the memories. Like only because of the interval in it do I. I mean that's that that's a bad example because there's a lot of other things I like about that song. But like oh, I just like this is an awful song. Bad things by Camila Cabello. I don't know about. Um, but I like. But I like. Up. Am I out of my head? Am I out of my mind? Yeah. Only like that. That is that's really brain scratchy. <laughs> And, like, I will listen to the song just for that. Yeah. I've actually been listening to a lot of Fall Out Boy lately, specifically the Folly Ado album. I think it's a very good album for, um, like, quarter-life crisis soundtrack. <laughs> I don't know how to make that make sense, but I think it makes sense. Um, and I always found their songs fun because their lyrics make no sense, so it's, like, trying to find meaning in their... I mean, they definitely made sense to them when they wrote it, but, like, to the average person, like, it's obviously very specific references, like, very specific poetic, like, deeply coded messages. And I like listening to their songs because it's, like, putting my own meaning to those words that are nonsensical. But, yeah. anyways. No, I, <laughs> I mean, I I think my... I have one more thought. And I think, I think that's why I love Janelle Monet so much. I, like... She is, like, I have a lot of favorite artists. She is the best artist, you know? Like, the most, like, technically good and smart artist that I listen to that is also a favorite artist of mine because she her, she is a musical genius. And also some of her words are nonsense, but they're nonsense in a very poetic way. I, If you haven't listened to... A lot of people have listened to, to Dirty Computer, but a lot of people haven't listened to Janelle Monae's older albums... And her older albums are very, like, much more less, less mainstream, much more high concept, um, much more like techno, techno jazz, um, and like, like Arc Android is such a good album. Um, so I encourage you to listen to more Janelle Monae um, because I think that think talks about or that epitomizes what we've just been talking about in both ways. She's so smart. Percy Jackson, what were our favorite things about these chapters? I mean, I just love Hazel. Yeah. So she does she has to do very little for me to enjoy it. <laughs> oh, that's so dark in my room out of nowhere. I was gonna look for something but now in my book, but now it's just got super dark. 
I know. I noticed it, like, not even but slowly. I don't want to get up and, like, deal like, with the problem. I think I'll just use my phone as a flashlight. Tee-hee-hee. Um, I mentioned this in my summary. I love that death is sexy. <laughs> Me too. I think it's so funny. I think it's so funny and it's so ooh, thematically interesting because people do fetishize and romanticize like this like concept that they actually know nothing about and like people love to find like weird desire and mystery and like that in itself can be a problem and so I think like it's this weird commentary on like I mean they like they say like people blur the lines between love and death and it's like it not only calls attention to the fact that like love is such a primal concept that can make people so irrational but it also is this idea that like people fetishize like literally ending of lives yeah and it's also interesting because it's in Greek mythology there are, are a lot of chthonic gods a lot of gods having to do with death and the underworld and Thanatos is like the personification of death specifically like as an act like as the the moment of death and I think that's like there are other gods that represent like uh like war and like uh like maiming and torture and like things that are bloody about like how someone dies there are gods that other gods that represent like what happens after death and like what happens to the body and decay and what happens to the soul and moving on but like thanatos represents like the moment of death and like that's why it makes so much sense that they're like oh thanatos is beautiful like the angel of death iconography because there's something beautiful about the moment of the like the the act of death isolated because it's also makes him the god of life mm. very interesting yeah i agree you know i think we're already going to start going towards our thematic conversation so let's take a break and then we'll come back and talk about hope Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, we're back. So, Hope, I want to just keep going with the, like, uh, Thanatos and, like, that version of death and how that relates to Hope. And, like, the reason we have Hope is because we have death. Like, you know, like, we have 
the duality of of all uh things that are like ultimate like death is is an ultimate therefore life is also and like you can't have one without the other and hope is the same thing but like you there's no reason to have hope if there's nothing wrong and so hope is a beautiful emotion but you don't experience hope if you don't need to and so it's also kind of a sad emotion at the same time yeah yeah like inherently I'm trying okay I'm not really ready to speak this out loud yet basically when these chapters are when they're like you know it's like in a riddle form or whatever but it's like Frank's gonna have to burn that stick and I think we've all seen that coming like it's pretty like I feel like it's been hinted to a lot like Frank's gonna need to burn the stick like it's gonna happen um and I just I'm trying to figure out how to word like how that idea of sacrifice that Frank's kind of had this moment for for the past couple chapters like ties in to hope and being hopeful and I have not figured it out yet but I know there's a connection <laughs> I thought I voice that I'll sit in the back trying to figure it out for a second. I think, like, sacrifice is the last way of providing a hope to your... Like, sacrifice is such a, like, final choice. And I think sacrifice becomes the option when it's the only thing that gives you hope. For... And not even for yourself, but for others... Yeah, just for, like, the cause overall. It's, like, when you have no hope that you will make it out. But you have hope that you can do something for others. Yeah. Thank you, Brayden. That is what I was trying to say. (laughs) You're welcome. It was a good idea, and I I picked up what you were putting down. I really, but like that line, there was like a line, it was at like the very end of the chapters that it was like somebody, I can't remember who said it, but it was like, death must be defeated by the fire. Like death can only be burned by the fire of hope. And somebody's like, less metaphors. I'm like, did you need a clearer statement? Like, oh yeah. Like, her, yeah, they're like, <laughs> no, let's not do it in riddles. It's like, yeah. okay. Like, girl, did you need a clearer, like he's going to burn the stick. I yeah. don't think you need it said in any clearer terms than that. Yeah. Like, death is pretty. He's trying to describe what's happening in a pretty way. Give him that. Yeah. But it's pretty pretty glaringly obvious what he's trying to say. <laughs> you guys are teenagers. You can figure that out. It's true. It's also very interesting, the question... The most interesting part of these chapters is chapter 44. The other three are kind of just like, okay, time to go. Um, Mud. (laughs) Mud. Mud. Um, But it's like when, like, Thanatos, like, asks the question is like, do you actually know what freeing me means for you? And then we have this whole thing that they're literally both gonna die. And he's like, y'all, if you save me, I'm taking you back. Like, no holds barred. 
no forgiveness, no mercy. Y'all are dead. Dead as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And they still do it. Harsh. That's crazy. That is crazy. It's also, I think what's interesting is how hope is used manipulatively too by Gia. Mm-hmm. Oh my uh, god. Yeah. yeah. Like the way that she like I think hope is interesting because hope is like part of hope is seeing something for the future. And sometimes you have different paths to the future. And Hazel's literally given a way out. And she doesn't take it. In a very selfless way for a 14-year-old. Literally. Yeah. Also, the way that she's just played with hope for, like, everyone. Like, giving them specific visions of futures that they want. And Hazel, like, in the... I think it's in the, like, very beginning of the chapter. is like, I know that this isn't real. Like, is having one of the, like, flashback moments... And it's, like, talking with her mom, and she's like, I know this is just Gia. Like, I know this is not real. And it's interesting seeing someone so young being able to, like, pick up on these incredibly sophisticated manipulative tactics from this, like, centuries-old power. So... It's it's kind of... it's So it's, like, such an overdone trope where it's, like, they're stuck in the, in their ideal world, and and they have to get out to save someone immediately. Um, it's so overdone and like basic and cliche, but I love it. <laughs> it's just such enough. It's like a tried and true effective way to raise stakes and to give like character moments. And if you like symbolize, like if you choose the right thing that they want, I've seen it done in different like mediums. I think I've seen it done in different mediums um, and different shows and books and stuff that don't like pick the right like ideal world mm. for someone and then it like doesn't really make sense but and actually I'm not 100% sure if Gia's choice makes sense for Hazel yeah like it's weird to appeal to her with her mom cause like she misses and loves her mom but her life wasn't good before they moved either. No, it really wasn't. Like I did think that was an interesting. I feel like it's just the only reason I think that would be just like that when I was reading it that I think that she used that is that she hasn't seen her mom and she's remained sentient is not the word but like fully there in the fields all these years like looking for her mom and like even if she and like started to come to the realization that even if she found her mom like her mom would not be someone who is responsive you know like like her mom would be having this effects of living there for years and years and years yeah so i think that just like that like hazel has lived with that possibility of with that possibility being over you know but 
she's a kid. Like, no kid is ever going to come to terms with the fact that that possibility of ever seeing her mom again is, like, over. That's true. <laughs> so I think that that was the reason that she would pick something like that. Very true. Yeah. Any other places we saw hope? The horse coming back. The horse. The I horse forgot. coming back. Yes, King. <laughs> the only acceptable horse girl. So true, actually. True. Very true. Yeah. Rights for one horse girl and one horse girl. Actually, I can't even say that. I do feel like um, the horse girl Percy Jackson um, overlap is large. Probably. I think so. Ooh. So. I don't see women where like the hatred of the horse girl trope came from. Like, is that something that came from misogyny, or is it like that's so interesting? I'm just thinking about it now. It's an interesting trope to explore. It is. But rights for rights for Hazel, regardless. Rights for Hazel, regardless. I don't know where the horse girl trope comes from. It's very interesting and very specific. It is. I literally feel like I could write a paper on that. It's, like, very interesting because it definitely has nothing to do in my understanding of it, it has nothing to do with horses. You know? It has to do with, like, a a demeanor and how you treat other people. Hmm. But that can, it can still, like, be rooted in, like, misogynistic and, like, do you know what I'm, I, this is a totally separate episode. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like the horse girl trope is, like, characterized by, like, how you act towards other people, not, like, what you actually do and if you have ever actually interacted with a horse. Yes. But it also is tied up with the horse interests as well. Absolutely. Like, it's always there. And horses being interests is also very interesting because that's a very, like, wealthy interest. Yeah. Like, horses are an expensive hobby and interest. But you could be poor and just like books about horses. Yeah. What was that? There was that TV show on like CW Kids that was about horse girls. Oh, oh, what was that called? I watched that with the different colors, like the. I have no idea. Color horses. Horse Land. No. No. I don't. Maybe. Wait. Yeah. I I will find this. Wait. Was it animated? Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Oh, it was Horse Land. Ha. Yes, because, yeah, they all got, like, ombre hair. Not ombre. They have, like, colored highlights in the horse mane. that shit up. I was never, I was never technically a horse girl. I always, like, when I was little, I remember one time I asked my mom, I was like, hey, like, could I try horseback riding lessons? She was like, girly, those are pretty pricey. And I was like, yeah, fair. Um, And then, like, I had a friend who rode horses all the time. She still does. But, like, I don't know. It's an expensive and dangerous hobby. Yeah. I ate Horseland up, though. I loved that show. It was a good... I don't even know if it was a good show. I just, I do remember, I just remember it. Yeah. Very, like, similar vibes to the Winx Club. Yes. Mm-hmm. The only Wings Club that exists. The animated one. Yep. Forgot that was a key moment of the pandemic. Oh. 
I never, I like rode horses at Girl Scout camp for a week. Um, and then immediately went back to just regular Girl Scout camp. Um, cause horse camp was like a separate division of the camp. I can't explain it, but like, if you were like, if you were at horse camp, you were at a totally different like sector of the camp than everybody else. And I was there for a week and I was technically supposed to be there for two. And I was like, mom, I'm not doing this anymore. I think I was just really scared of it. Like I, I'm not scared of heights, but I just remember not being liking being up that high. And um, if you're small, in control of like this totally different thing. Cause it wasn't like a, like a machine that I didn't know how to work. And I eventually could learn. This was like a totally different brain that I could never intercept. And I was like, I don't like this. I'm out. <laughs> I just didn't do it anymore. Um, but Girl Scout camp as a whole was a key part of my personality development. And I think that that shows through to this day. Mine too. Yeah. yeah. Horse Girl Scout. Oh, crazy intersection. What were the SAS moments? <laughs> oh my God. I had one and I turned to the page in my PDF. Um, it was at the end of chapter 43. Hello. Hazel forced out the word Mr. Death. <laughs> <laughs> I like that part too. <laughs> Hello, Sir Death. Oh my God. That was what so funny. He, he, he out of me. <laughs> uh, my moment is uh, how do I don't even know how to pronounce the the horse name? Is it Orion? But it's with an A. Um, wh- he whinnied a challenge that echoed off the mountains. Percy didn't translate, but Hazel was pretty sure that Orion was calling out to the any other horses it, that might be in the bay. Beat that, you punks! Because I know that's not what Orion was saying. Orion, as we know, has had a filthy fucking mouth. <laughs> And I, I think uh, Orion is saying something much more close to like "beat that, you motherfuckers." <laughs> I agree. You motherfuckers! I'm so sorry. I cannot find this. Where is it? Wow. <laughs> I can't believe. Disrespectful. Um- Still looking I'm at so sorry. horse land. Oh, I found it. I found it. Um, this is when the horse comes back. He followed me, Hazelbeam, because he's the best horse ever. Now get on. All three of us, Chrissy said. Can he handle it? How did you just pronounce that horse's name? Uh, Orion. Orion. Orion feels right. Whinnied indignantly. All right, no need to be rude, Percy said. Just, I forgot that Percy can talk to horses. <laughs> It was so bold of him to be able to talk to horses and insult the horse. It was like mystical and like legendary. Be like, can he handle it? <laughs> Quick sass fight with the horse. Yeah. So, yeah. I found, um, um, I, okay, do we remember Horseland, Horseland people? Um, do, do we remember the um, the collie or the Shetland sheepdog? His name was Shep. How sweet. I remember him. Core memory. Like, that's when I started being obsessed with collies. Oh, I, I wanted one so bad. I was, side note Ava has an encyclopedic knowledge of dogs. Yeah, I do. Yeah. 
We've never addressed that. We've never addressed this. No, um, but when I, was, I didn't know it until I went to the dog show with her mm-hmm. um, in like the Allentown dog show at the end of last semester. Great use of our Saturday. Um, we went to the Allentown dog show and there was like a bunch of dogs working like at during like one round of the best in show competition. And Ava literally lists them down the line every single breed before anyone's like before the announcer said anything about them. And I was like, girl, what? Like, just a a trait that obviously, like, makes a lot of sense for you, but I really just had no idea you could do that until that moment. And I Yeah, no. When I was little, I had an encyclopedia of dog breeds, and I did bring it around everywhere I went. Like, literally, I would be going to, like, the doctor, I'd bring it. Like, I'd be going anywhere, I'd bring it. And I was also obsessed with, um, do you guys remember the Animal Planet TV show Dogs 101? Yes. Okay. Well, I'd watch it all the time. I'd like record episodes of it. It'd be like, it was my favorite show for a while. I'd watch it like all the time. I, I went through different phases of different breeds that I was like obsessed with. Like one of my favorites, like for a while it was Newfoundlands. I just fucking loved Newfoundlands. They're adorable. I want one of those. Oh my God. I love them. And then I had like, how to describe this to dog muggles? It's like, like, it's like a golden retriever, but like, but like a little redder, like the color of my hair, basically. And it has like a white blaze on its chest. It's called a Nova Scotia duck tolling retriever. I was obsessed with them for a long time. Um, <laughs> Douglas. <laughs> That's really good, Brandon. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was, I've always been a dog girl. I'm not gonna lie. I just love that for you. I really wish I had that like power. It was so impressive. Thank you. New type of girl unlocked. Dog girl. Dog girl. <laughs> it's true. All right, who are we giving offerings for? I'll go first. Yeah. I'm just um. Kidding. Minus Thanatos because he's hot. Damn it! Oh and and he does his job. That's true. He does. He's like, guys. Just so you know, thank you for that. You're gonna free me. I do have to do my job though. Yeah. And I respect that. I respect that too. He's beautiful. He has wings. He has a toga. I picture him as um, Will from Cycle uh, Twenty One of America's Next Top Model. Oh my god. I pictured you're so him as, right though like you're absolutely correct I fully pictured him as taste from RuPaul's Drag Race UK season 2 Ooh, oh. wait that also makes a lot of sense <laughs> yes yeah cause when, when the book was like or Rick or Hazel or whatever was like he he wasn't just pretty or like hot or he was beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> I was like yeah. that's literally taste <laughs> uh, um I'm not going to give my offering to Thanatos just because he's hot. I mean, I guess he is doing his... Uh, um, my offerings for the horse, be rude to Percy Moore. Also, thanks for coming back, but mostly be rude to Percy Moore. True. I don't know who to give mine to. Oh, Sally. Um, Because Percy remembered her. Yeah. Word, yeah. And I love her. Aww. Yeah. Sally has gotten 
so many offerings <laughs> for this book that she's not, not in. in. I love it. Queen. <laughs> um, all right, and who are we voting off? I don't know. This chapter was so much like just converse. These chapters were so many like conversations, you know? Like there was mm-hmm. not really much to do wrong. Yeah. yeah. Other than like if you were like the actual, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Do you just have to like go easy and give it to Yeah, Gina? I guess so. I was thinking that too. Because that was pretty manipulative of her. Yeah. All right. Lame. Voting off the villain. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. We just can't be creative this week. There also just really isn't much room to be creative. It was a lot of, like, talking. Yeah. Ha- is this the first time she's getting voted off at all? That's hilarious. Is she not even voted off at all the last book? Wow. Wait, well, she, me... honestly, she wasn't really, like, a huge... She definitely has more of a presence in this book than she did in the last one. That is true. She only really ever interacted with Jason. And she's been interacting with ev- all three main characters in this book. Very true, so... very true. Yeah. So, congratulations, Gia! Welcome! Yes. So yes. We've been waiting for you all summer, and we're so glad you're finally voted off the island. <laughs> Also, last book, we had to put all of our energy into voting off random people for making that book exist. Like the editor and Hyperion. (laughs) That is true. We should acknowledge. (laughs) Alrighty, folks. Uh, That's all for this week. We only have two more episodes left of The Son of Neptune. Join us next week. We'll be, we will be joined by Emma Berglund uh, to discuss. Oh, sorry, I yawned. Chapters <laughs> 40, 45 through 48 through the theme of life. Make sure to follow us on social media. We're at Return to Camp on every platform that matters. And we also have a coffee account and a Redbubble store and a website, www.returntocamp.com. Slash! Slay! <laughs>